This episode is brought to you by Communications Training for Coffee Teams, a new Mapper Forward workshop tailored to get your team communicating more confidently to improve general mental health as well as business profitability. Click the link in the show notes for further details. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and I'm joined for episode two of our five-part series with Carly Garner from Dakali Trading. Hi, Carly. Hi, Lee. We, in the last episode, talked about the banking crisis that is sort of unfolding on the date that we're recording this. Uh, and I want to kind of timestamp it because who knows what's going to happen from now until when this comes out next week. Uh, it is March the 22nd where you are and March the 23rd where I am. Um, so far, there have been four, maybe five banks that have collapsed. We're not going to call Credit Suisse a collapse. It's been uh, consumed. We didn't even talk about Credit Suisse in the last episode, but we can get there eventually. But um, people in the coffee industry kind of don't know how to feel about all of this. They're like, is this going to end in the kind of financial tsunami, economic tsunami that we've been talking about for the last couple of years? Um, I don't know. And perhaps we can talk about that in this episode. But one thing that I do want to point out, folks, this is not something that has happened because of something that went down over the last 12 months. This is like a 20-year – well, you could even push it back further. You could say for when the US dollar was taken off the gold reserve, that this is kind of when the genesis of a lot of this stuff started to happen. It enabled this level of fuckery. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Carly? <laughs> no, I agree. This is literally the culmination of – 20 plus years of government intervention or manipulation. I mean, the, the Federal Reserve and governments kind of figured out like business cycles are going to happen kind of mm. no matter what. We're going to have upswings and downswings. And they thought that they had figured out in the financial crisis, they thought they figured out how to kind of take the edge off and, you know, support economic growth and everyone's happy. But they, as governments always do, they go too far and too long and they get greedy and, uh, it just backfires. And so if if you look at charts of like assets that are supposed to be risk-free, so if we're talking about U.S. treasuries, in theory, treasuries are risk-free, but they've been trading as if they are very risky assets. I mean, they're mm -hmm. trading like uh, the volatility is insane. It's almost like it's it's a cryptocurrency or something wild like that. If you look at a chart of U.S. treasuries, if you just take the 30-year or the 10-year treasury, and you look at, at it from the financial crisis through now, you can see there's this, it's a trading channel, but it's an expanding wedge, meaning that the volatility just gets higher and higher and higher. So the swings get bigger on the upside and then the collapses are deeper. And it's just a, a sign that uh, the government's attempt to kind of flatten everything out and make life a little easier for us has actually done the exact opposite. And so what we'd love to see them do is to really back off and just let the markets uh, freely float, it would be really, really difficult for a long time, but eventually mm. we'd get back to a more sustainable business cycle. That's my opinion. Uh, it, there would, if they did do that, and I think they've kind of tried to do that several times. I mean, just, uh, just recently, that's exactly what they were trying to do when they started hiking interest rates. They're trying to normalize things, take the punch bowl away. But every time they do that, because they are so deep in, uh, things start to break and then people panic and because nobody wants to go through that. Some but point they need we're going to have to go through that. 
right? Exactly. Like th- the point is that there's too much yes. pain still trapped within the system that's not being allowed to right. make its way out of the system. So it it's like helicopter parenting. <laughs> yep. Because they don't want they they don't want people to have to experience the pain and not to get political, but that a lot of this stuff is tied to political cycles. And mm-hmm. so no government wants to be seen as the government that was left holding the baby uh, when the actual pain started to be realized. Yeah. And we all know that it's not going to be the financial elite that are going to have to bear the consequences of this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the, the, the us, the, the little people who are going yeah. to have to really bear the pain points of higher inflation and higher interest rates, et cetera, et cetera. But the moment we start to see these pain points start to be felt by people, governments start to think we can't do this, but there's an election cycle coming up. Yep. You're exactly right. You nailed it on the head. I couldn't have said it better. Um, What if we're really lucky we mm. might see something like what we saw see we've seen in Japan. So Japan basically printed their way to oblivion mm-hmm. and controlled everything. And so what's happened there is they've had 30 years of nothingness, which sounds like a nightmare, but to be honest, maybe we it's take not that so in a heartbeat right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> given, given all the different ways this could go, yeah. I think I'd probably want to be Japan I at agree. the end of this. I, I agree. If we can get something like that where life goes on, nobody's, you know, we can survive, we're relatively happy. I think that's a win. Um, If they really pulled the punch bowl away and let us all fend for ourselves, honestly, it would be pretty ugly for a little while. But, uh, you know, maybe that's what's needed. We'll see. So tell in this episode, we want to talk about what small businesses can learn from all of this. So what, in your opinion, as a small business owner, what are Mm -hmm. your thoughts on what we can learn from what's going on right now? So I... Um, I started my business in 2008 during the financial crisis, and I suffered through, uh, there was a lot of shenanigans in like 2011 with uh, the U.S. debt getting downgraded by Moody's, and then we we had COVID and all these things. And each one thing that I've learned through each of these fiascos is the only way to survive is to live way beyond your, I'm sorry, way beneath your means. Yeah. Keep your expenses as low as possible. The sad part is this uh, discourages small businesses from expanding and growing, mm-hmm. but uh, you know expansions are risk. So you want to be really, really careful, especially if you're financing those. So what I've learned is literally zero expenses, zero debt, and that way, if the world comes crashing down, at least you can have a chance of being the last one standing. And you and I have these conversations all the time about like yeah. we run our businesses lean, we do everything ourselves, we rarely outsource. <laughs> but when right. we do outsource, it's for a good reason. Uh, we no- we could run our business on next to nothing if necessary, right? right? Like, And this is because we've experienced and- the pain points of the last 20 right. years. Go ahead, what are you going to say? Yeah, I was just saying, and sometimes it's necessary. I've had yeah. that necessary to have like no bills multiple times in my mm-hmm. career. So it it's the only way to survive. And sometimes going into those darker kind of periods of your business are of Mm -hmm. no fault of your own. The economy around you is collapsing. Um, The industry around you is going through a really hard time, whatever it is, COVID, et cetera, et cetera. Um, These are things you just have to be ready for. And particularly when there's so many alarm bells ringing right now that Mm -hmm. a economic tsunami may well be here, this is the time to 
prepare for it so that you're not reacting to it when it happens. Do you agree? Exactly. I agree 100%. And one thing I'd like to add is, um, you know, you kind of mentioned before, like, if if all heck does break loose, it's the elite or the the wealthy that are going to thrive, and then the average people are going to suffer. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely true. If you are the type that are running a very lean business, and your household is uh, living beneath their means, you might feel guilty about it, but at some point when all heck is is breaking loose and things are crashing around you, that's where all the opportunities are. Those are the life-changing opportunities. And that's when maybe you can step out and start expanding or taking on a little risk. I know it sounds like the opposite of what you should be doing, but um, as humans, if we generally, if we do the opposite of what's comfortable, we'll probably be better off. Beautifully said. When we talk about an economic tsunami, what is mm -hmm. your thoughts on whether it's coming or not? I tend to be an optimistic person. So I don't think we're going to see that 2007, 2008 again. I could be wrong, but generally that's kind of a once in a lifetime type of event. I think we're, I so far central bankers and I think politicians have decided to just keep kicking the can. Now they've been kicking the can for a long time, like we've said. Um, can they keep doing it? Yes. Do I think it's the right thing to do? Probably not, but I think that's the, the path we're on. And so I think they do kick the can. And if that's the case, um, you know, we may not have to, to pay the piper until like maybe five years, 10 years down the road. Who knows? It's hard to say how long they can keep the charade going. But I think that um, I think they'll do what's needed to stave off the, the catastrophe for now. And then we'll have to deal with this another year or two, three down the road. Especially because it's, there's an election coming up next year. <laughs> right. And it yeah. benefits them to make sure that this doesn't erupt. One thing I wanted to ask you, a lot of small businesses took on a lot of debt after the pandemic so that they can wind things back up again. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people went and bought homes for the first time in the pandemic when money was cheap and houses were or people were you know, relocating, et cetera, et cetera. There's a general consensus that the pain points of doing that, uh, whether it was taking up business loans or whether it was um, buying homes, uh, the pain point of that is going to start to be realized third quarter, fourth quarter of this year when a lot of those loans flip into being from fixed rates to variable rates. What does that look like for small businesses, do you think, when that starts to happen? Uh, obviously it's going to put a strain on, on businesses. If, um, if they do have variable rates, I hope that that's not the case for the majority of variable rates are, I mean, they worked for 10 years. And so mm -hmm. people just kind of got used to, to that <clears throat> sort of free financing. Money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing about, I'm glad you used that term free money. I heard that a lot, especially mm -hmm. in the last couple of years, um, after COVID, I mean, we all saw what happened with, uh, wild stock prices and wild asset prices. I mean, any cryptocurrency listed anywhere was being bought up. It was total insanity. Mm -hmm. And that's because government was giving out free money. The banks were giving out almost free money at low interest rates, but uh, things are never free. And so mm -hmm. be very, very careful of those sorts of things. Even if you're doing it in a responsible manner to buy a home or expand your business, it's still not free. They're eventually uh, thing you know, the cycles always work and they always come back and, and ask for payments. So be very wary of that. Um, 
But that said, I mean, obviously, I think it'll it'll definitely work against small business owners. Um, as I, I I think I, I don't think I mentioned this yet, but another um, hardship for small businesses is going to be going forward. It's going to be a lot harder to get bank loans. And that's oh, wow. a lot. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm a little worried to be honest. I think that like today in the U S the fed increased uh, interest rates by a quarter point. That's probably more symbolic than, than any a game changer, but I really don't like to see them raising rates in this environment because we haven't seen what the bank fallout's going to do. And I have a feeling that banks are just literally going to stop lending because they're trying to keep reserves. They don't want to be the next uh, SVB. SVB. And so they're going to be really, really tight. So it's just going to be a whole different environment. Do you think that there's this kind of pause that's happening before so that people can see the flow on effects of what the Fed's going to do? So they increased interest rates by 25 basis points today and then they said that this will be the last, may be the last mm -hmm. uh, for, for some time. Are we going from an environment where QT is now going to become QE again, do you think? Uh, I absolutely think that, yes. And I think it'll happen really quick. The thing about markets is, and even if we're talking about markets that are being manipulated by the Federal Reserve, risk comes really quick. And, you know, the market doesn't send us a memo and tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> when, when nobody's going to tell us that things are going to flip, but they change really, really quickly. And I think that's what's going to happen. And so the Fed will be, uh, I think, I'm, you know, I'm speculating, they didn't say this, but I think in the US today, that was probably our last interest rate increase. And I think from here, mm. uh, we're going to be fighting a different battle. Fun times ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is going to be a year to watch, Ben, and I think next year is going to be the year to experience a lot of what we think might happen. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, obviously, I'm speculating too, but I'm nervous as shit, I've got to tell you. <laughs> I've stopped guessing. I mean, after from 2020 <laughs> on, I'm just like, listen, who knows? Anything can happen. <laughs> and just wait to catch it <laughs> for you right. and your clients. Exactly. So in the next episode, we're going to be talking about this term that seems to be coming up a lot in the business media at the moment, which is moral hazard. Um, and perhaps in amongst that, we can have a conversation about risk and risk management um, as we move forward. Uh, folks, what I want to encourage you to do is uh, I want you to start thinking about a lot of the stuff that we've talked about in the first two episodes. And really, please, if you didn't watch the series in uh, last week where I kind of talked about um, how you can start preparing your business, that whole series was recorded with the intention of this series in mind. So please go and start looking at how you can prepare your business uh, for whatever may come and whatever may happen. It is just so important for you to be across this as early as you possibly can. So with that said, join us for the next episode. Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.